0: Hey, so what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and Dubs Warner, and Daniel, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I got a little color. I'm looking a little red from being
1: outside this morning, but I feel great. How are you doing today? Oh, nice. I mean, I'm doing all right. Thankfully, I don't have to have any of the color because I have that baked in, you know, like the partial Arab skin and all that <laughs> stuff going on.
0: <laughs> Struggle is real, due to being a freaking Europeans, like Swedish people. I've got that delicate
1: skin, you know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, right, <laughs> right. But yeah, today we're not talking about skin. And in case you don't know, this is Mod Chat, where this is a monthly podcast where Daniel and I talk about whatever the hell we kind of want to when it comes to mod and we kind of try and stay on topic and sometimes it works and other times it doesn't but uh this episode is episode 16 so dude we've been doing this for now 16 months straight crazy dude yeah yeah anyways uh today we do have a guest on the line here and uh unnamed guest what do you like to name yourself
2: um hmm the canadian man
1: okay the canadian man
2: <laughs> love it no i'm uh, i'm sippo maybe Something, maybe one person out there knows me <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm hoping he watches this and just right now loses
1: his shit he's like <laughs> oh my god it's stippo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we uh we had stippo on here because he himself is a modder mostly with dead rising and such and i guess you know stippo is there anything you want to plug like your channel how we got you on here anything like that and a little bit of what you do
2: um well you know i don't want to gloat or boast about anything but uh yeah i I'm Stippo on YouTube. I just mod dead rising, basically all I really do. And uh, I'm really happy to be here. You know, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey,
1: dude, thanks no problem. Thanks for being here, man. We're, we're hoping this will be a fun hour. So. For sure. With that, I mean, I brought Stippo on, I I asked him about this because with the overall topic that we're kind of trying to, you know, talk about here and everything will be, you know, reversing games, all that stuff, and, you know, just modifying them and even just, you know, any type of research in them. Now, previously, Mm -hmm. we did have uh, P2P Online or Borman on here who talked about uh, archiving games and such, and I know Stippo has done that quite a bit with uh, Dead Rising mostly, but you've also been into, you know, kind of like the development scene, not so much developing games, but more just just, you know, uh, messing around with dev kits and then using those to reverse the game and everything like that and playing around with debug builds and such. That's right. Yeah. So I guess first off, like, really, what got you started all that?
2: Um, well, I originally started with a JTAG. I picked up my JTAG. I drove two hours to get it and uh, <laughs> finally, you know, finally got something to run unsigned code. And I started messing around with Halo. Uh, it was something I always wanted to do. Um Saw some videos, saw some people, you know what you could do with Halo, and I said I want to try that. So I eventually got into it, and I didn't have a capture card at the time, so I wasn't recording videos. Um, so I was just messing around with Halo, and then I kind of moved a- around and I got into Forza Motorsport modding, and um, eventually I kind of found my my shtick where I found that you could mod Dead Rising, which for the longest time I didn't think would even be possible. And eventually I got an Elgato, and I said, hey, um, I could probably record some stuff with Dead Rising, and it just kind of, I wouldn't say skyrocketed, but it kind of took, you know, motion. It kind of blew up a little bit, and here I am today, doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) But with that, I mean, you're messing with different games and everything, where Halo was kind of the first I touched as well, too, but you messed with Halo and Forza, but, like, what the thing I was wanting to ask, what you just said, was what was making you think that you couldn't mod Dead Rising?
2: Well, you see, I'm currently the only person who's modding dead rising so if you were to go on youtube and search dead rising mods you might find uh, like um you know some kind of game save modification someone's done with a JTAG. but besides that you're not going to find any tutorials that i haven't written or something you're not going to find any info on how to mod dead rising so i just assume that this game was locked down you know there the encryption on this game was probably next level and um it probably wasn't moddable and when i got into it it wasn't it wasn't moddable. there was no tools to decompile files Um, so I had to start small with um, executable modifications which are pretty difficult but you know you could kind of learn it and get into it and um, that was the only way I was able to mod Dead Rising and then eventually some people started to help me out and make tools for decompiling files and the larger I the larger my channel grew the more people came along and said Hey, I can make you a, a texture compiler, or I can make you a model compiler, and you know now Dead Rising has become a pretty open source game. I'd like to say
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, but then even with that, I guess because um, I know Dan and I have kind of talked about this kind of on and off the record before. We've said you know there's things that, uh, for example, like him and I, we've we've done the hardware side of modifications, like modifying retail consoles and all that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, and then mess with trainers and menus here and there. But I guess, like, where would be even a good place to start where, like, is that that's kind of been the thing with us. We're like, where would he even start with something like that?
2: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, really start start with something easy like Halo, because Halo is so, there's so many tutorials online, and everyone does start with Halo. I mean, I know you guys did, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Not me. Not me. I, oh. What did you start with? No. I've actually never to this day modded Halo. Oh. Call of Duty. Okay. Uh, okay. That was actually I, – I am one of those kids. The reason why I originally wanted to get into Xbox modding was so that I could have a, like a lobby and have God mode and piss <laughs> people off. That legi- legitimately is the reason why. And then I mean obviously after I got it, I that lost interest in that completely because I was like this is dumb and, and went a different way. But no, originally um, it was MW2 and COD4 that made me want to get into it, mess around with it. I hadn't even God seen – I. Itself. Yeah, I, I never had an original Xbox and I did play a little bit of Halo Three, but I never was even that crazy
1: about it. It was for me it was Call of Duty, so um, sorry to disappoint, but that's what it was for me, guys. <laughs> no worries. I was going to say now thinking about it, it would probably be more Call of Duty here and there. But I know, for yeah, example, sure. like several people I talked to, I kept it offline because I didn't have Xbox Live at the time. But, you know, myself and several other friends, like the things that we had looked into was, you know, like how the hell do you do like custom apps on Halo 2 and things like that? And like, you know, flying around and God mode and all that stuff. We thought that was cool as hell. So that's kind of like, you know, the generation before, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah, but then even, um, I guess, yeah, kind of going back to the uh, the topic here, because uh, you were saying, you know, starting with Halo or anything like that, but I guess even uh, aside from that, then just like any other starter tips or anything? Because I know you actually go into the game's, not the game's code, I guess, but like the game's files, rip them apart, modify them from there, everything like that. Right.
2: Um, well, there's two kinds of mods you can do to a game, right? I mean, there's, there's two main categories. There's modifying the files, which... Could either be as easy as just poking around in the folders or you know or not and then there's the executable modding and the files are just the files i mean they could either hold scripts they could hold models and textures and all that could be tinkered with um the executable actually pieces all of that together so it takes every file and it kind of hubs it together into one thing and also contains some data and stuff so if you were trying to mod i don't know a player's texture or something to make him look like he's wearing, you know, um, a pink shirt or something—something something ridiculous. Uh, you would mod the files, of course. You would take apart the files and, and edit the textures. Now, if you wanted to mod something a little bit more advanced, like um, have infinite ammo, that's usually going to be something executable-related, and um, that's where it kind of becomes a little bit more advanced because executable modding—you know—although there is tutorials, it's not as straightforward as opening up the folder of your game and you know just peeking around so um, definitely the best place to start with modding games if you're lucky like you know Halo and Call of Duty is just poking around in the files and changing stuff not every game has to be modded through the executable Um, so yeah
1: Mm -hmm. and then even with that you might have the game like Crash or anything like that of course course. Yeah. so I guess even with that then if you're finding things like what are some of the I guess what's kind of like been one of the most interesting things you found in a retail game
2: um unused files okay i'd say um, and every definitely. game has those
1: like you see like for i know oh, goldeneye yeah. for example has like an entire test map that was hidden in there oh, and it sure. has and technically goldeneye has what like 20 games on it because it has like a bunch of zx spectrum games yep. hidden on there
2: yep yeah no you could find a lot of interesting things i mean you could take a game as weird or as as obscure as like um kung fu panda or something and you could take it apart and you could find a test map on it or something or you could find um, a debug menu. If you're really good at executable, and that's mainly my drive. Is um, see, I like I like to document beta and alpha versions of the games and try to figure out what changed and what became the final product. And you know, try to understand why the hell they did that. And in turn, you eventually start to find some some shit in the files that are really interesting. And you know, exactly test maps or test textures. Etc. And finding those is like crack, you know, just finding really cool things. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's funny to think about too, when you see it from a developer standpoint, where it's like, I'm pretty sure the developers, you know, they didn't care about anything like that. That was all for testing. And then it's like, why would anybody, why would any end user want this? And then like all (laughs) the end users is like, no, this is all the stuff we want. This is awesome. All these hidden weapons and everything. (laughs) Um,
0: When it comes to your dead rising modding, um, do you have to like, is it only for, xboxes that have like rgh and RJ RG tag and j tags or can you do, do you mess with like uh, game save modding at all
2: um i've done i've done one game save mod which i've kind of left that scene as it's not advanced enough for me but i've i've done game save related stuff but mostly the, the most things that you're going to find on my channel you're going to need some kind of unsigned code machine uh, Got you. yeah
0: re- re- reason being when you're saying that game save is not advanced enough is that the capabilities of what you can do with game save exploits versus actual unsigned code is probably pretty limited, right?
2: Right, that's correct.
0: Okay, that's kind of what I figured. And then, I mean, again, when you said too, like when you're when you're when you're kind of uh, poking around in the code, how some of the stuff obviously is textures, which I mean, textures are just really what image files, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, when when you're actually messing with, um, like, like, I know things that are like. No, infinite ammo and uh, God mode and stuff like that, at that point, you're actually messing with variables. So right, It's like, uh, right. actually that is that. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. Cause I mean, I haven't messed with it too much, but I do remember, um, once upon a time when I was looking into a little tutorial on how to create your own call of duty trainer, which again was like probably four years ago that it was something like that. Basically we opened up and, um, there was certain files you went into and just even by changing like numeric variables, um, would ultimately lead to, you know, changing clip sizes and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Every game is different. Every game is coded different. Some games have, um, like, you know, know, the main hard-coded piece of the game could be in the files. And in Dead Rising's case, it's such, like, an obscure way of doing it. But in Dead Rising's case, all of the hard-coded stuff, ammo, you know, um, how hard a weapon hits a zombie, et cetera, that's all executable stuff. But not every game is like that. Some games you could find... Um, how much health the player has within you know a script file in the game's files which is going to be much easier to modify Um, so it depends on the game so
0: definitely have a noobish question for you but since you're here i'm gonna ask anyway i i understand that an executable file obviously is like a file that like runs something correct Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's essentially okay um what is the main difference like okay Why, like, why would someone, because I mean, again, like, let's say you have software on a computer, you've got your install directory, typically you have like one executable file and the rest of it's all just, you know, files and folders that, that co coexist along with the executable to make it run correctly. Why would they why would there be more than one executable within, do you know, like, is there any benefit or is there any like reasoning for doing such thing? Or it's just, I mean, there's gotta be something behind it, you know?
2: I mean, if you're thinking about, like, in, in the case where Modern Warfare has, like, a, a default and an MP default kind of thing. Okay. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you, usually it's just developer preference. I mean, you could pretty much put everything into one executable. I, don't, I really don't know the reasoning behind, you know, Infinity Ward or, or Treyarch's reasoning for uh, multiple executables. But, you know, there's always a reason for it. Maybe, um, you know, they wanted to bring the file size down on one executable. Maybe it was, you know, lagging a bit with too much stuff in one executable. They wanted to make it go into a second. You know, I don't know. Well
0: well I do know that like on uh on uh what is it? either Black Ops or M W two, I have it on PC and uh when you're downloading it from Steam, it's actually two different downloads. Like the EXE for multiplayer. You can just download that and strictly play multiplayer. You don't even have to download the campaign. So I mean like in that instance it does save, you know, file size Mm -hmm. if you just want the multiplayer versus having both campaign and multiplayer. So yeah, I'm sure. Like sure. I said, I'm sure there's more, you know, to it. I just was wondering if there's something I'm just that's pretty obvious that I'm not seeing, or whether you know, there's not really a set reasoning for why, um, you know, someone would want to do that over a different method.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it really, gotcha. is, you know, it's it's all developer preference, I I guess, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, um, also then another question is in terms of when you are um, actually going into these executables and script files. Um, what
2: what do you use as your code editor? So an executable can't really be you know, read like a text document or something, and that's uh-huh. because an executable is compiled. It's the same thing like an EXE on a PC. It's highly compiled, and um, you can't actually read it. But there are some programs that could kind of um, interpret the information. It's the big difference from read and interpret, I guess. Um, IDA, which is a program on PC, uh, could actually take – Machine code, which is what uh, you know, executables are compressed in, and it could kind of read it back in a more or less under, human-understandable format. Um, uh-huh. And then game files are coded in anything. It's developer preference. You could have XML files, which if you've ever dealt with an XML file, it's pretty readable. It could be open in a text editor. Those are, you know,
1: Those are pretty much plain English at that point. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you could have some things that are really compressed and developers could make their own compression method and then you need to whip up some kind of program that could decompile it and it gets more advanced with different games you know so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because i know uh when i'd looked into it before at least you know hexing and all that because i'd i've I've hexed a few things with guides but like even with that just like looking at hex code through like hxd or something like that i'll look at some i'm like how the hell do people figure this out (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a lot of
2: patterns Okay. Eventually, you start to find patterns in, in the code, and um, you start to realize that, okay, this chunk of code here is responsible for something. Um, and again, right, it's different between every game. So um, in Dead Rising, the files are more or less readable. So everything you want to mess around with file-wise is pretty much all XML, so it's totally readable, you know?
0: hmm
2: So. Huh. But. That's interesting. I, um... So, I mean, if,
0: if a game wanted to be more, I guess, if more difficult to crack and reverse engineer, then obviously they wouldn't use that format Mm -hmm. of compression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then again, I'm sure that one of the more difficult part of actually reverse engineering or, or unencrypting would be if you don't have any kind of software to actually interpret, then Like you said, looking through the patterns—that's, I mean, that's like that's got to be very tedious.
2: Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, One example is, you know, um, you could you could attack it at two ways. You can get someone who's you know, I, I can't do this. I'm not an expert in coding. I don't know C++ like the back of my hand, but you can either pay someone or get someone to make a program that could take a specific file type and kind of reverse it back into readable format. If you don't have that option, all you're left with is a hex editor like HXD and yeah, you know, just poking at it, you know, in tiny little bits and hoping that eventually you'll find some kind of pattern and you more or less do, but oh yeah, like you said, it's tedious and it's, um, it's not fun when you find no things it's fun, but
0: yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you feel like, you know,
2: you feel like God, man once you finally, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah like, I can see you just sitting there. Like I finally solved it. But like <laughs> the time is when you're sitting there and you're just getting nowhere. You just kind of like beat your yeah. head into the wall. It sounds, yeah, that sounds, that sounds rough. I, I'm definitely nice. not the most patient. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not the most patient person. So I, I don't know if that's something that I could actually do, but that's uh-huh. crazy. I, um, so I mean, um, Aside from, again, the whole Dead Rising or, you know, Halo, again, getting into it originally and then Dead Rising becoming a thing you were into, um, just on a personal level, was there any prior interest that you had with uh, either coding or modding or or anything related to, I mean, that kind of thing or not really? It was just something that you grew into from after the Halo
2: modding? It, it was something I grew into. Um because Dead Rising was my favorite game, and I really, really wanted to do stuff with it, so I had I had no choice but to learn how to um, do advanced modding and stuff. So I had to teach myself how to do these things, and now now I'm kind of into it. Now I'm interested in modding various games, but Dead Rising grew that you know, like interest. Yeah, yeah. Got you because you had such
0: a appreciation of, you know, love for the game that mm-hmm. it, it made it worth it. And now that you're in it, you're like, Oh shit, let's see what else I can. Yeah. Let's see what you know, I can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's freaking awesome, man. No, that's really, really cool. Cause, um, Mr. Mario mentioned it earlier, and I know me and him have talked about it quite a few times too, but like, we're both like extremely fascinated with the software side of things. And like, I've briefly looked at it before, before I've said, you know, fuck this and exited <laughs> out of the video or, you know, I'm just cause I'm just like, this is insane. There's just no way. But, um, I definitely as much as I enjoy making my tutorials and actually just for my personal use in installing chips right. or you know whatever form of it's really cool to be able to take that okay now it's unlocked but if you just unlock something, and you've got nobody like yourself or anyone else that's doing stuff like that, then who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? It's like what you mm-hmm, do with mm-hmm. the unlocked console. It's, it's at least it's at least 50% if not more of the equation. So that's I, I think that that's badass that you actually do that. And, you know, yeah. Chris, I've, I, for me, it's been literally download the file that so-and-so created, plug it in, thank you for your work. Here's what yes. it does. <laughs> that's, me, that's me too.
1: I'm, I'm yeah. good to that. Let yeah, someone so, do it for you.
0: You know, I mean, and again, it's not that necessarily – i don't want to be able to do it myself it's just that everyone's got their own strengths and their weaknesses you know what i'm saying sure so but yeah that's 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 freaking cool dude really think that's awesome
2: i Um, mean i i couldn't sit sorry sorry uh, if you want to go first
0: go for it it. um
2: i I couldn't do what you guys do which is like mod consoles and you know i'm not very good at soldering Uh, It's not my skill set. So if I tried to do what you guys did, I would make a mess. I would kill a few motherboards, right? It's just not my (laughs) thing. So, you know. We all got
1: our thing, I guess. To be honest, it's kind of one of those things like with like one, it's like, well, you're able to kind of like trade skills here and there. It's like, hey, you know how to modify games and hex edit and all that stuff. I know how to solder something to a board and Mm -hmm. make it do magical stuff. But then even on top of that, it's like that's not going to be perfect either because like just how Daniel and I have, you know, busted quite a few systems. I'm sure (laughs) you yourself have also had many fatal errors and crashes and everything.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's again, that's the beauty of having like a modding community. I mean, although I don't even know, we've talked about we've talked about modding communities and how we feel about them and stuff like that. But at, at a certain point, same... it
1: becomes as. Although I, I will say that there are like shout out to the 3DS scene. Like I love those guys. It's it's getting to the point there. There's so much stuff that's growing. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm I'll come back here in like a week because everything's gonna change. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I mean, I, what I'm getting at with that is that it's cool in the community sense. If a community like a modding community works the way it's supposed to work where everyone's not toxic towards each other. It's neat that people can again, basically exchange their skill sets with each other and basically, Hey, I can do the hardware thing. So here's my tutorial for you. And then, Hey, here's this, I can do this for you. And everyone kind of, kind of, attributes their skills into something that, mm-hmm. you know, then again, you couldn't do without having the help of these other people. So that's cool. That's, that's again, essentially what the communities or forums are supposed to be for is sharing and helping ideas so that way everyone can grow together and right. we can advance forward. So, you know, like, like you said too, I mean, it, it, maybe although I want, would like to build your software, maybe that's just not my knack. You know what I'm saying? I can do what yeah. I can do and you can do what you can do. You know, you can't be a jack of all trades to basically is the bottom line
2: for sure
1: now. So, Even Steppo, with what you've done and everything, like with what you've been working on, as you've essentially said, you know, you kind of kickstarted in like the Dead Rising community. And you're what, like, would you say you're the lone member or are you one of the few members or what?
2: Um, I think it would be fair to say I'm I'm one of the few members because I got a couple people to, you know, go purchase a JTAG or an RGH and they've done a couple things here and there um but i i do think i'm the king of the hill when it comes to it and i'm i'm not trying to brag or anything it's just i i started i ignited the flame for the dead rising um the dead rising one modding Mm
1: -hmm. um so yeah honestly at its core i mean it is like a fascinating game it's awesome everything and then you think of it and it's like well i've seen like so many other obscure games get little trainers and patches and everything like why Mm -hmm. isn't this game getting any love
2: for sure yeah I, i i always wondered you know um uh I, I I saw one video where this guy had a, he made his own trainer and you know he was able to mod um, on the fly. You know, you press the guide button and some combination, and you can get you know um, infinite ammo or something like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, why is this the only one? You know, in existence. Why is there only
1: one? dude most people's this? interest kind of stops there, unfortunately? For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you
0: if you had to choose out of all of the mods and that you've messed with. Or Dead Rising. What is it? What is your favorite thing that you've done?
2: Jeez, I've—I mean, I've done so much with Dead Rising that you know, I've—it's like a gray area where I start to forget what I've even done. <laughs> if it wasn't for the videos, I, you know, I'm always
1: doing something. Because like. you're not really tapped out on Dead Rising, are you? No. Okay. I wouldn't say so.
2: It's—it's <laughs> it's the game that I could always come back to. I, it's funny because I don't really play Dead Rising. I mod Dead Rising. If that makes any sense. No, I understand that. Yes, it's just kind of weird. Like it's my favorite game, but I'm I'm not playing it as much as I wish I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to answer what my favorite thing that I've done with Dead Rising is, and I just I really I can't really think of it because there's always something more interesting the next day. You know, I always stumble yeah. upon some value that does something even cooler. You know.
0: Gotcha. I just thought I'd ask if there was like one thing where just like you sit there and you're like, dude, this is badass. Like I, I'm, <laughs> you know, like this is awesome. Like I'm pumped on myself right now. You know.
2: Actually, um, definitely the coolest thing I have found recently is um, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played Dead Rising, but the save system sucks. Yeah. If you've ever played it, yeah, yes. yeah. Saving in a bathroom, it's awful. Um, and I actually found that there's a value that you could poke in the executable that um, actually triggers the save state and you could save anywhere now
1: nice so, that's awesome yeah no, that, so I, that, I think that's super just really useful
2: cool. for sure
1: <laughs> especially with a survival yeah.
0: game like that
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah i've only played i played the uh, new one on xbox one um mm-hmm. just for a little bit but that's the exception that's like my extent i actually probably i mean on 360 all i have right now is like an xenon um, flash and a xenon jtag like i only kept the xenon jtag because it's like old faithful and it's like the og and i love it but yeah. I should probably pick up a reliable you know rgh or something like that or you know a reliable console like an rgh myself or whatever and um mess around with it a little bit because there's so many cool things that i have not done um in terms of like messing around with games and things like that and, and um that i really like to because i mean the thing is although the 360 i feel like is definitely you know old news per se like you know oh, the yeah. xbox ones here and the next con- i mean they're even talking about like 2.5s on these consoles now and <laughs> stuff like that yeah. so well, whatever but at the same time even the original xbox has like a shit like i if you go on craigslist right now i don't know in canada i don't know what they got going on but here if i go on craigslist type in original xbox there's still like a couple dudes just in my area within a driving distance that are currently modifying original xboxes with like yeah. xbmc and game you know stuff like that so although that that's an old You know, it's an old-ass console, essentially, at this point. There's still, like, it's still a lot of life in these things. I have actually, you know, got them of my own. So I I would like to get a 360 because I think that it'd be fun to take some of these games where, like, okay, you played through them on regular. Now let's, like,
1: let's fuck with them, you know? Yeah, just fuck them up.
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly exactly let's see how crazy we can make this game so i, yeah. uh, I, I
1: will attest to the original xbox thing because as we talked about before i'm kind of being into the audience for the first time i've been messing with that quite a bit more and it's fascinating with how it is but you have to respect that a system from 2001 can put out a nice clean hd signal so yeah it still has a lot of life to yeah. it even though it's now a 15 year old console
2: mm-hmm
0: yeah i actually um I was gonna tell you, but I picked up two of them yesterday, and so I'm I'm finally getting around to modding them. Like I, I attached a uh, female USB port to the uh,
1: memory card slot, so that way I can copy over. Um, oh, nice! I had to the... make my own cable with that. I don't have one internally. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's what that's what I did though. Like, oh, I... when
1: you said attached, I thought you like literally took out one of the controller ports and put it into the USB port or something <laughs> like that. Oh no no no! That no, would no, be cool I, as I, hell. I to... That would be cool.
0: No. No, I mean, I like I unscrewed the controller and basically saw, unsoldered, desoldered one of the memory card slots and then soldered in the female USB port.
1: That's not what I did. Mm-hmm. I actually took one of the breakaways and butchered it and then put a uh, female USB port to the other end. One of the what breaka- the breakaways on the controllers. If you you put a female oh, USB yeah, okay. or... yeah, 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 no, on like, like, if you look at original Xbox controller right now, <laughs> I'm gonna talk. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I know. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I know.
0: I know what you're saying that the part where it like literally disconnects right before the plug for the yep. actual. Yep. You could take one of those. Console.
1: You could take one of those breakaway cables and cut it, and then cut up another like male to female USB cable, and then splice Solid the two enough. together. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Huh. No, I mean, Are I have
1: fucking ways to mod this thing it is ridiculous dude <laughs> mm-hmm. the only reason why um, i did it is because i couldn't find my action replay or my memory card and i was like well screw this i'll just use a flash drive it's fine so now i have my old faithful here where it's just this like this taped up nasty looking cable right here and on the other end it has a sony flash drive i can just plug it in load up all my soft mod files mm-hmm. badass dude no that's fucking awesome um but um like you said dude like with the whole
0: original xbox like i'm literally gonna make this thing like my emulator thing my fucking xbmc thing um i've got my custom clear case for it that i'm gonna be throwing on it with like a bunch of leds and then that whole like xbox logo on the top like the round part in the middle i'm actually gonna try to um in cad software design like a custom top part for that um to replace it but these things are old but they're fucking badass and like you said too that it looks fantastic on my H D T V dude mm-hmm
1: yeah, dude, yeah, nice, it, like, clean 720p signal on my TV. I got a 55-inch 4K TV out here, and I'm like, God damn, this looks nice.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's surprisingly unreal, like how good of a signal that this thing puts out, dude.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: So and I can easily see myself dicking around with it, like on, you know, like um Halo mods and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's some things like I'll um I, I'm not going to say them on here at least because I don't want to spoil things. and Also, kind of get back on topic a little bit. But there's some stuff like we're we're both going to be messing with the original Xbox at the same time. Then, but like it is it is a fascinating system.
0: Dude, there's so much stuff it's, you can it's use. It's so <laughs>
1: cheap too. You can pick one up for like tops forty bucks at this point. I yeah. I, I picked up two
0: for fifteen.
1: Nice. You did you <laughs> yeah, go to swap dude. meet
0: for that? yes sir <laughs>
1: nice
0: yeah, they look they look like absolute fuck dude like I, I i actually made a pickup video that's already uploaded it just hasn't gone live yet and uh they look terrible dude like i'm pretty sure someone ran him over with a car and like threw it out their Do, window does it and, have uh, like
1: nasty like brown crust all over it and everything like somebody kind of just like threw up and then it dried out for a few days tons <laughs> tons of it dude oh god no no it looks it looks it, i'm telling you it is one of the these consoles both of
0: them were from the same seller and they are some of the worst looking consoles that i picked <laughs> up from a swap meet and the only reason why <laughs> i did was because i've got a replacement you know i've got a replacement case and i know that these things are fucking tanks like just pick one up they're fucking tanks dude yeah they're 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 crazy and so um i figured it, whatever dude if i can get both for 15 like chances are one of these sons of bitches is gonna work and they both work fine so you know whatever hey
1: yeah. hey, hey daniel Yeah. I dare you on chat to lick one of them. I'm not going to lick one of these, (laughs) dude.
0: Fuck that. (laughs) Dude, no way. Like, if it was on video, like, maybe I'd do it for that reasoning, but, like, I'm not going to lick one and have, like, no one at least see it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) My mom's going to walk in here, dude, and just be like, hey, son,
2: I know you're recording. Why are you tonguing the Xbox?
0: (laughs) Uh, Like, hey, don't ask questions you don't want answers to.
1: (laughs) For chat, mom. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I need to do it for likes uh yeah so i guess with that as well too because we talked about you know the 360 quite a bit even the original xbox but um stippo i know you've messed primarily with 360 but uh things a lot of people ask as well too and they see all these console mods like why don't you do that on pc or why don't you do that on like another platform like have you messed any other platforms and also like why wouldn't you do that stuff on pc why just kind of limited on xbox right now
2: well, mainly all my favorite games are on 360,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? So until the a, a, a perfect emulator for PC comes around where you know no hitches and it runs 360 games perfectly, uh, until that happens, 360 is my you know I have I have no choice, um, and it, and it, that kind of made me fall in love with the 360, and that's why I spend money on dev kits and all this stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I don't really touch any PC games because I, I kind of like a challenge and. You know, I don't want to upset anyone because there are some PC games that are heavily, you know, locked down and you can't really get into it. But for the most part, PC games, everyone, you, you don't need a like a dev kit PC. You just need a PC, right? You could just open up the folder and find all the files you need. Everything's there for you, you know? Right. So I kind of like a challenge where you need to have a modified system. You have to understand this modified system. You have to have all these tools. I just kind of find it cool in a sense, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. No, and I I could sympathize sympathize that Daniel. I think you mm-hmm. kind of agree with that too. Yeah, the We're, challenge is fun. Yeah, and it's just fascinating doing something like that on like you know a closed source, closed down system. It's like, hey, look, I something can do you all shouldn't this stuff. do, you know, exactly. Yeah, for sure. It's it's way more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely more. Rewarding. Yeah. Now, I know you've also messed with, you know, like alphas and betas and everything as well, too. And I guess how did that come about with it all and, like, you know, your fascination with the Dead Rising alphas and betas? Because I know recently I've seen more – you've done more modifications to the retail game. But when I first found your channel, I was actually looking up uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 beta footage and, like, alphas and Mm -hmm. things like that because that's actually my – I haven't messed with it, but that's my all-time favorite game. So the stuff like that that was taken out was fascinating to me. And somehow I stumbled upon Dead Rising, you know, beta stuff (laughs) – And that's where it kind of evolved from there. But I guess what's kind of been your drawn fascination with that?
2: Um, My fascination with the beta of Dead Rising, and I'll I'll get into a little bit of betas for other games, but Mm -hmm. my fascination with Dead Rising's betas and alphas is that they just looked cooler than the final game. And it, it kind of struck a bone with me. You know, it like, it literally angered me that there were some things in early, early, early footage that were so much cooler. You know, the lighting was darker shit looked cooler, you know, and we didn't get it in the final game. And it's like, why would you do that? So I have a, I have a 360 that can kind of bring back some of this shit. You know, I could kind of modify this stuff. So I, that's what I do. You know, I kind of bring back the stuff that I found cooler in the older versions of the game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: So yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Like with um you kind of mentioned with other games as well too. Has there been anything else that you've really messed with or I guess kind of in the alpha and beta scene? Cuz I just I got into that recently like looking at prototypes of games and everything and it is fascinating seeing what's available. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, it kind of it stemmed from Dead Rising and it made me realize that there's some games that have really fascinating betas and alphas and um for instance, I mean, geez, uh Halo, Halo has some really interesting you know like a beta history um call of duty has a really interesting like alpha state where the game didn't look anything like it was going to be you know for the final game there's a lot of games that you know if you're a big fan of a certain game um chances are it has footage online of like an earlier state of it and it probably had some cooler things that you never got in the final game you know what i mean
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so yeah
1: yeah, it's, it's always neat seeing that as well, too, Where like you'll see it with I think like I know Duke Nukem Forever, not a good game, but it, we saw <laughs> we publicly saw like five different revisions of it. For sure. And then sure. I know uh, one of my all time favorite games as well, too. Um, this was a it was an unreleased PS1 game called Thrill Kill, and it was a four player bloody Dante's Inferno type hell cage battle game. And it originally started as I think a three on three or two on two Mayan basketball game oh wow yeah what (laughs) jeez (laughs) what the fuck yeah now there's nothing like there's no footage of it because i mean this game was from the late 90s and that was so early in development they didn't bother to capture any footage of it but no one of the developers i remember he went on to a podcast a while ago and he said he's like actually that wasn't even our intention at the time we were doing a two-on-two much which to my knowledge i still don't even think there's a mind basketball video game out now Hmm. It needs to happen. It needs to, needs happen. to happen. Well, it turned into throw <laughs> Kill, So my hope is that it starts again, and they will get like throw kill remastered or three kill redu- throw kill redux or something like that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, even um, I guess you know, really with this as well too, because I think we're kind of getting to near the end, wrapping up, and all that. That's kind of what it feels like with um with everything on it you know because I know you've been really chronicalizing you know all the uh, the alpha beta builds everything like that um mm-hmm. What's just been the most, like, shocking to you on that, just looking into it? Because I know when I talked, when we had uh, Borman on here before, he was saying that, you know, he's, you know, been archiving all these games and such because people just throw them away. They don't care. Nothing was being documented. And it not only goes into software, it goes in, like, hardware as well, too, where, you know, like, there's, for example, like, dev kits that when they're decommissioned, they're just thrown out or sent over to be disposed of or anything like that. And that's valuable hardware right there, but Mm -hmm. they don't care. Mm
2: yeah i I think it's i mean i think it's fair to say it's disgusting what um companies do with you know their early assets uh some companies you'll find that they have like a vault they call it their vault and it's quite literally just a room full of discs and press assets that they um that didn't make it into the final game but you know like tokyo game show discs and e3 discs and it's amazing to see a company preserve that because um it has so much content on those discs that you know that we'll never get to see and one day they could surface one day the company can go bankrupt and everything will put in will be put in an auction and we get to finally get our hands on all those goodies but some companies i mean even microsoft with the 360 some companies they throw out all this stuff they just think it's garbage that's crap and all their history is gone just just like that you know all their history is gone Mm -hmm. so i just find it terrible
1: Mm -hmm. i know um oh go ahead go ahead I was going to say, I, I just
0: don't see what the gain is. If they're done with it and they're done making their profit off of it, then why not you know, give it to the people? You know, mm-hmm. there, There's there's a lot of people that would, one, either pay a lot of money for it or, two, sure. have a great, great appreciation for the company, which, I mean, again, uh, the company, uh, although Microsoft is such a big company that I'm sure individual voices don't mean jack shit, but at the same time, it's like why not do something that isn't going to hurt you? Is it going to be a loss of profit that – at the same time, will give a certain community of people an appreciation and love for that company,
1: right? Yeah, it I... just
0: doesn't make sense to me why they, why they instead just decide to you know burn it
1: all to the ground mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. and it either you know kind of walks out or gets into different people's hands or like somebody who might not know what they're doing anything like that or just like for example i had uh, told someone about this recently but i would seen a poster i'd seen a video like a few years ago where like the original xbox dev kits like the dvt3s or fours something like that um sometime after the 360 came out you know at microsoft they were done with them so they pretty much rounded up like kind of the last of their dev kits and put them in a pile and they're like hey if anybody wants these there's garbage here so I think I don't yeah. think they threw any away, but they just kind of eventually like there was a pile of, like, let's say, 20 dev kits there, which, you know, are valuable and everything. And eventually, yeah. you know, people just kind of took them home and all that. So the reason why I even heard about this was because there was one person who got a hold of one and he said, yeah, no, Microsoft was just kind of giving these out because they didn't want them and they were useless. And a buddy of mine worked there. So he took one and gave it to me. Jeez. Yeah. How lucky do you get with that? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah right
1: place right time i guess man exactly or just knowing the proper people anything like that i i one common thing i've seen is if you're in the washington area especially redmond like you go to you you go to like thrift shops and use game stores and garage sales and all that you'll see assets from microsoft at those places
2: oh yeah it's the hub for like old development kit hardware and like test wires and stuff Mm -hmm. oh yeah
1: yeah, well, even, uh, I know a few years ago, that one, that orange Xbox got out and for sure, yeah. that was just at a, um, that was at a garage sale for like 40, 50 bucks, something sale. like that. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And I mean, even with it too, like even the, uh, the person who bought it, like I kind of, I was thinking same as him too. Like I would have looked at it and been like, oh, that's just an Xbox with a custom orange case. Okay. It's probably soft mm-hmm. mod. It has a few games on it. It's like, no, that is a extremely rare Xbox that was not supposed to leave the company. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's why we're so grateful for Assembler Games, because if you're ever curious about something, just post it up and, you know, you'd be surprised. Maybe it is rare and you'd be you'd be pretty grateful that you actually posted it on Assembler Games instead of, you know, chucking it in your closet and not saying anything. Yeah,
0: because the people there, the people there know, you know, they've got a lot of insight on what things are and what they're worth and what to do with them. So I actually really like watching um assembler has a youtube channel where you like i don't know mm-hmm. if, i don't think all the stuff's his i think some of the stuff is like members of the community that basically you know loan it to loan it to him to basically be made videos of but yeah. some of the hardware is absolutely just amazing like just beautiful looking and stuff that you're like you're like wow that is like crazy like how how different this looks from the final thing or just like the the internals or the Um, amount of you know the specs and the actual hardware itself like it's it's i love watching that stuff like i for a while would just go through every single video just kind of seeing like you know all the different hardware that they had that was you know developer or beta or you know test kits or anything like that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah that stuff that stuff's insane um okay i have a random question that surfaced um when it comes to your xbox 360 modding um at this point where you have the ability to basically um rgh and rj type like pretty much you know like everything and you can install the um dev like overlay or dev um, to execute. there you go rg loader to it there you go <laughs> how, yeah, it's, it's been so long man but um how much of a difference <laughs> does it make between having a true dev kit in terms of things you want to do and just having one of those like i know that um dev kits for example, I believe you can do like real time modding, correct? Like in, in mm-hmm. real time? Um, yep. So I'm sure that's one. Uh, I know that with the. Um, oh God, what else is there? There's. Well, I, I know that they have. Some of them have better
2: uh, specs, don't they? Like the, uh, the sidecars have additional RAM? Uh, the RAM is actually in the console. But yeah, some dev kits have. like um, Like Mr. Mario's new new brand new toy. It has a gig of RAM. Hello by 12. <laughs> yeah. So the, I know that
0: there's things like that, but other than like those two things, what would be, um, like what, what, what are the limitations that you'd have with the RG loader versus the, uh, true dev kit?
2: Well, you see, the thing is, is RG loader is quite simply, um, the dev kit NAND that they've just made work for retail. So in retrospect, it's quite simply the same thing. Um, however, um, The biggest benefit about a dev kit is a dev kit will always be a real dev kit. If you remove the hard drive off of your JTAG, if you have RG loader flash to it, the console won't boot because you need uh, certain files on the hard drive and whatnot. Um, And also if it's a mod chip or something, the mod, I've explained this in that previous video that I made, but the mod chip could fail. Your JTAG wiring could come undone or something. and our, a, a real dev kit's never really going to fail you, if that makes any sense. Um, a dev kit's always going to be a dev kit. So if you have to reflash it or something, it's going to be a dev kit again. It's never going to, you know, it's it's always a development kit. Whereas a JTAG, you can have some issues going back. But in terms of what one can do that the other can't, there actually isn't really anything. Um, they're both, essentially, once you flash a JTAG, they're both real dev kits, in a sense. Um, Got so, Yeah.
0: So ultimately, then, it's just that having something that's stock, intended mm-hmm. to do this way, it's a, it's a more of a reliable thing reliable, than. than... Yeah. Yeah, versus something that you modified, which again, not that, you know, there's not, you know, reliable modding at all by any means, sure. but just at the same time, like you said too, there, there are things that can go wrong with an rg, RG tech, or JTAG or Tag that cannot go wrong with the dev kit because they don't have that because they don't need that because they yeah. are, it's,
1: have it and always will be this. That's how it's been Absolutely. made. It's not an exploit on a retail console. Yeah. It gotcha. left the factory
2: being a development kit, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it was okay. born this was way. It.
0: <laughs> you were birthed into this world for one reason. <laughs>
1: Got you. No, that totally that totally makes sense then. Okay. I just I just was curious if there was anything else truly. Plus it's kind of a mindfuck type thing. Can't you use a recovery disk to recover a dev kit to retail? Yeah. Okay. You I could. I I heard about that recently, so it's like, well, if you yeah. want to you could go the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: actually kind of scary because if you're you know, if you kind of brick your your um, development kit or you're you're messing around and um, you got to recover it if you actually uh, accidentally press the wrong button you can recover your kit as a retail and that's not going to be a good day mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's kind of scary just a bit is there a way back from that or no i think it blows your fuse sets in the cpu so it's basically like it's stuck you you can't go uh, back uh, yeah
0: well cuz there was a um, there was a website back in the day like probably i don't know 4ish maybe even 5 years ago and this website was ran by, like, a couple people that, from what I remember, were just, like, toxic and they really frowned upon in the community. And it was just, like, a DevKit website, exclusively a DevKit website. And there was a lot of information on there about, like, getting onto uh, PartnerNet and mm-hmm. um, shit like that. And um, I remember that somebody on that website released a recovery that was literally just to fuck you. Like, the recovery blew your fuse oh, yeah. on your
2: on – your, Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago, but I remember like it was a huge scare because like when I had my test kit, I wanted to like update the recovery because um, I heard that you can make a test kit into a full dev kit. Like they're basically set up the same and all you have to do is, mm-hmm. um, I believe, flash a, a proper re-flash. recovery. And yeah, exactly. And so I was like completely just nerve wracked because I had <laughs> seen this and it had happened to quite a few people. It wasn't like a one case type thing, you know for sure yeah so yeah that was that was pretty scary man i i do you remember the name of that website it was like xe dev or like or xdk or it was some sh- ah man you know i went i don't think it, it exists
2: anymore it doesn't exist anymore i think it was called Tor xdk something like okay. that. okay 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 um yeah the community just kind of died off um yeah there was there was a lot of shit going around like that one of the most malicious and scary things was um and it, it was done to an executable, so um, you could pass, a, you could give someone a game and say like, "Hey, man, check out this new beta build I found." And instead, like you know, instead of the actual executable, you can have the um, the bricking executable loaded on. So as soon as someone runs this executable, it nulls the CPU's fuse sets to you know FFF completely, and that kid is fucked. Like that kit's never turning back on. So it's always really scary to run executables these days um i actually own the executable this bricking executable i keep it in a rar file because it's so scary
0: (laughs) yeah i don't even trust you i don't want you (laughs) at least that way if it ever
1: accidentally gets on your xbox you can't run it because the xbox can't open rars no sir unless it maybe can. i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Nah, uh one last thing I was actually going to ask. You know, uh, Stippo, do you, um your XNA kit, Uh, does that have a gig of RAM or is it 512?
2: It has a gig of RAM.
1: Okay, I, I want to ask you this because I'm legitimately curious. And somebody actually on my video, they asked me this question, and I didn't really know how to answer it. Because, like, from the computer world, I would say yes, but I'm like, well... I don't know, honestly. Uh, The one gig of RAM, does that increase performance or does it have any substantial upgrade and impact on the games themselves when you're just playing them?
2: Um, It actually has no impact at all. And um, the only way you're going to actually find a difference in this one gig is if a beta build is set up to use the one gig. Um, There's some kind of... um, extension you could add to your executable that takes usage of the one gig so you could be running one gig mode all the time like i do i have one gig on always because why not right um but you won't notice any impact unless you're running a beta build that's been set up to use a uh, 1024 megabytes of ram you'll never notice a difference and that's what um, i
1: thought because i that's why i kind of said maybe too when i was thinking about it because mm -hmm. i was like well at first, like my first instinct would be yes, but I thought I'd heard something like that before, and I was like, "Well, even thinking about it, when these games are crafted, they're made to run on consoles. You know, the three sixty with five hundred twelve yep. megabytes, so mm-hmm. that would make more sense."
2: Microsoft actually released in their um, in their X and A, you know, uh, preview thing. They actually told developers not to use the one gig, and if they, you know, if they had a really Really CPU and RAM intensive game, then they wouldn't really have any room for debugging the game. So that's where the extra RAM came in. So in a in a game like Gears of War three, I think that game in its early states used all the RAM on these X and A kits. And the reason for that is it's already such an a big intensive game. Um, so when they were debugging it, they were strapped for memory. They couldn't do anything. They were the game was locking up. So they couldn't do shit all. So this extra five twelve allowed them to run the game smoothly and run their debug stuff.
1: Gotcha. You know? And that's what I thought with that as well too. But even with that, then if you get one of those early builds, it's probably not going to be do that well, even with the one gig, because it's, you know, it's an alpha yeah. or beta for sure. Yep. Anyways, I think, uh, Daniel, you got any more questions, concerns, anything like that? I not know if it's top of my head. I think I'm pretty,
0: Oh, okay. I have one more. It's just directed to like, just for Stippo basically. Go but, ahead. uh, after, after the stuff that you've gotten yourself into with, uh, you know, console modding and and game modding um do you see yourself doing something like this career-wise or like is this something that you you want to go for now like the uh programming field or something like that or or not not really
2: um maybe you know i i do find this a little tedious and i couldn't really see myself in a hot summer's day working you know on a computer all day Uh, yeah if the payroll was good then fine but uh, it is very tedious work you know what i mean yeah, so, no I can I can understand. I don't know. It takes a mindset of you really got to love computers and stuff and you it's got to be your absolute passion to kind of make it a career. And I don't I don't really see that in myself. I think it's just a hobby. So.
0: Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. I just I just mm-hmm. was curious because again like I am I mean, I've always been into computers and stuff like that, but I'm trying to go to school for basically engineering now because I've got so into design and modeling and, and, you know, customization and stuff like that. So for me, it definitely, yeah, like this whole everything, like completely changed my, you know, (laughs) direction. I'm going with my whole life. So I was wondering whether, you know, similarly for you or whether, um, you know, not the same or... But again, like uh, the hobby thing, I, I can definitely understand how, you know, coding or, or doing what you're doing it takes a lot of brain power and so to do that yeah. all day you know five days a week or whatever six days a week for crazy amounts of hours it, it definitely takes a certain type of human being you know for sure
2: yeah
1: yeah, many uh, of those Yeah, people... congrats
2: on one of on pursuing that you know
1: <laughs> yeah definitely uh, well, well thanks well, I, I I gotta say uh no most of those people like you know the hardcore coders and all that uh they're not gonna be humans they're inhuman <laughs> yeah you gotta talk to them yeah. in machine but... language well my <laughs> My uncle, dude, has been
0: a programmer for, I want to say, 25, 30 years. He's a software and hardware engineer. Extremely successful, and, and he's just a really smart fucking guy. But when I see him, dude, like, he tells me that he literally sometimes will just see things in, like, code. Like, like he'll be working on a project all night long. He works his, you know, his day shift, goes home, and then works his, like, he does his own side thing where he's doing design. And it, it just seems, like, exhausting. And, and, and again, even him, like, he's so good at it all. But even, I can tell there's days where he just wants to, like you know blow the fucking computer up or something it's Mm -hmm. just it's not not that every job doesn't have its day but it's definitely something that requires so much fucking patience and and attention to detail and brain power so i I don't know i can understand why again you'd want to do it just as a fun thing versus like fuck i have to do this to put bread on the table you know right so but it, it does make sense but i'll say
1: this to that sometimes it would just make you laugh because it's like for example one of my good friends he um he's a software engineer and he works for a pretty good company. He codes all day and everything. And he also does that, you know, sometimes you'll stay up until like 12 or one in the morning working on his own projects. Uh, but when I went to visit him, he ended up setting up a bunch of Christmas lights and he coded up a program for his Christmas lights. I mean, <laughs> shit, awesome. shit like that. I That's see. Crazy. I'm like, that is hilarious. And that is so useful. And I was actually envious too. Cause I'm like, man, I wish I had your skill set. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it, it's rough around the edges. And I stayed up until about three in the morning working on this. So that wasn't cool Yeah.
0: yeah. Well yeah, I, I, I don't... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's just it's it's stuff like that's badass, dude. And like even with like that's why I'm trying to get into like the whole design thing because it's cool. Like with the printer thing, like yeah, I can build printers now. Yeah, I can customize them and like calibrate them. But I, other than just being able to print out other people's shit, I wanted it to be like, hey, I could use this kind of crazy looking device hinge thing that doesn't exist right now. Bam, give me twelve hours of sitting here like a tweaker, and I can have it in front of me. So it's it's like that's pretty badass, dude. Being able to do mm-hmm. stuff like that that's not already existing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: Anyways, See, I, I, I just one last thing is that I find it a hobby and not a, a, you know, a pursue for a career because when I'm working on something really late in the night on Dead Rising or something, when I go to bed, I just have like these images of just assembly code running through my brain and it, I just can't turn it off. Like it really tires you out. You know, it it's exhausting on the brain. So. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bitch.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you could be physically tired and all that, and that's, you know, that sucks. But if you're mentally tired, you know, your brain controls your body. You can't use your body. For sure. No. (laughs) No, I um, am.
0: I sometimes, when I'm working on projects too, all night long, um, it's it's exhausting and i get i get like really bad anxiety from it man where i'm like tossing and turning and all you want to do is fucking go to sleep but all i can think of is like projects and ideas like the brain it's like a hamster on a wheel dude and like once the hamster's running the fucking wheel just doesn't stop yep mm-hmm. you know so I, I can completely understand that man and it's 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 a lot dude like this it really a is lot. a lot man <laughs> yeah. so but we do it we do it <laughs> we love it oh well,
1: yeah so free gucci <laughs> anyways i think uh we're kind of wrapping up here and everything so uh you know with everything with that stippo is there anything you wants to plug where can we find you on the internet uh well
2: you could either find me on assembler games lurking around late at night or um on my youtube channel just messing around with dead rising uh youtube slash stippo all
1: right (laughs) and we'll make sure we'll have a link for uh for your channel in the description everything if you're watching this on youtube and if you are thank you for that Mm mm-hmm yeah uh, Danny, what about you? Where can we find you at? Find me in the club. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Popping bottles.
0: Uh, yeah, no. If you find me uh, on YouTube. Uh, youtubecom Um Primarily, that's yeah,
1: that's that's where you can find me. Or on uh, my chat with Mr. Mario, so that's really it. I guess that works. Uh, I guess uh, with me, you'll, you'll mostly find me on YouTube, which, uh, you know, <laughs> youtube.com slash Mario 2011 and uh, sometimes I'll be lurking around other places, but, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, I'll, I'll be publicly on here. But anyways, if you uh, finish listening to this, thank you very much, and, uh, you know, we have a few outlets available as well, too. Um, we're available, you know, on iTunes, on Podbean, we have a Facebook page as well, too, all with the name ModChat, and, of course, you know, we're up uploading this to youtube as well too so if you are listening to this on youtube slash watching it you know let us know what you thought any suggestions thoughts feedback anything like that please drop them down below in the description uh daniel and uh stippo they'll also be available you know in the description as well too so you can check them out
0: yeah and then i mean i'd like to definitely say which we did say i think earlier but you know thank you a lot uh, thank, <laughs> <am I English? laughs> That's it's okay. We're almost finished. done. <laughs> yeah. They, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on, Stippo. It's always fun having a guest on the show, and um, I definitely think it's really cool the stuff that you're doing. And I definitely will say that if I ever um, get some downtime and I get around to um, you know some kind of game modding, whether it's Halo or something else, that I might have some questions for you. So definitely, just I don't know, keep up the good work, and you know, thanks again for coming on, hanging out with us, and
2: you know, dealing with us for an hour thanks a lot man appreciate it you know it was really fun being here so thanks for having me on board
1: hey no problem i I might be in the same camp for hope too (laughs) no problem (laughs) yeah anyways this is mr mario signing off thank you all for listening and watching everyone